Welcome to the National Crawford Roundtable Podcast, a view of culture, current events, and politics through a biblical lens, brought to you by Preborn, saving babies and souls, and Wilson Financial Advisors, over 50 years of financial expertise and success. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on their logos for more information or to donate. And now, here are your hosts, Neil Boron, Bob Duco, Roger Marsh, and John Rush. Back with another week of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast with, uh, well, we got most of the guys. We got Neil and Roger and myself, Bob. Uh, John Rush be back with us next week, next year. Uh, guys, how are you? How was Christmas? Good, Bob. Wonderful. It was nice. How about yours? Uh, it's good. It's great. Get together with all the boys. You know, we, we actually did it at our place uh, up north here in Michigan. I'm, I know up north means nothing to you guys in New York and Colorado, but here in Michigan, <laughs> up north is a term for where everybody has their their secondary home, their lake house, their vacation home or whatever. And we, we have a little place on a lake in, in northern Michigan. And so the boys were all like, hey, let's let's do Christmas up there. So we set a tree up there and we all went up there for the weekend and then we spent uh, Christmas morning all up there and so it was it was really nice very very much enjoyed it. I had the daughters-in-law and the grandkids and just the whole uh the whole shebang would you do Neil have a bunch of fun family and such yeah Mary is one of seven so you know on the 23rd we got together with her entire family mm. that was interesting there was 45 people in our home and then yeah. my kids and grandkids are all local so we had the opportunity christmas eve is our big night we yeah. we want to celebrate on christmas eve and then you know they they do their own family things on christmas day it's actually kind of quiet around here yeah Oh, that's good. Now, Roger, how's this work in, in California? What is Christmas even like in California? First of all, I don't know what what going up north in California means. Hey, we're going to San Francisco. You know, so right. who, who knows what that really means? Okay. Yeah, yeah. But how does this work out there? Is there people put up decorations and people put up tree. You, know, you put up fake snow in the windows when it's seventy degrees. What do you do? You would you would be amazed at the lengths that people would go to try to recreate that kind of rustic, you know, old world environment, especially mm-hmm. in the People's Republic. And in our case this year, we tried something a little different because we've got a couple of kids in Texas and a couple of kids in California. So we had a Texas celebration. Uh, on the 23rd, which was a, a lot of fun to get together, especially with my daughter, Emily, who's expecting in March, and then daughter Taylor, who has a couple of kids that we've nicknamed Crash and Bang. And so that's a, okay. the, they just, they're just constantly on the go. But then to have the California celebration as well, which is very traditional. You know, you see people going around with their traditional Hawaiian shirts on and Tommy Bahama shorts and sandals. I mean, it's just, it's, it's that way in California. You do the best you can to try to make it feel like Christmas, but doggone it, you know, when the weather is nice. And of course, it was right. rainy this year. That kind of made it feel a little bit better. But uh, nonetheless, it, a good time was had by all. But a lot of a lot of miles logged by uh, Grandma and Grandpa here. Oh, sure. Bob, well, are you, and Bob, are, yeah. Are you are you sure you have a lake house? Because I picture you more with like a uh, Clark Griswold's cousin Eddie's trailer, kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> and the bathrobe. <laughs> Uh, right. I, I gotta, I gotta tell full. you guys, it's full. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. Blaker's full. <laughs> okay. First of all, I gotta tell you guys. I know people tuning in right now is like, are you guys ever gonna get to any substance and meat? Um, we might, we might. Yeah, you know, it's, might. it's the end of the year, and so we're we're just gonna have a little bit of fun with each other. But what we are planning on doing, though, is we're gonna kind of recap 2023, and the second half we're going to preview 2024. So we are gonna get to it, but we're, we're catching up with each other. You know, so I, I got to first of all, a couple of things, Roger. To you, uh, I have to say, in California, I'm imagining in Gavin Country, there's plenty of Mary Solstice signs in the in the retail stores. My best yeah. guess. Yeah, you know, and it. you know. It. Neil, to answer your question, truth is, yeah, the Duco family really is probably more of Eddie's family. <laughs> anybody else we really we do have some of that that kind of uh redneck guy uh, we, we definitely got it going but christmas vacation i have to admit i've always loved that movie and when we were all up north for for christmas we all watched that movie as well and we just kind of cry but at my house we have a christmas party every year and we have like you know 50, 60 people over at the house a bunch of people from church and it's just a really huge thing and some years we do dress up uh, where you dress up as your favorite movie character. Now, I've come as Scrooge sometimes. I've come as different characters. But one year, I came as Eddie in the bathrobe. 
And now, <laughs> we hold it at my Not house, nice. okay? And so, and this was, oh, it was brutal. People were like, you know, trying not to throw up. But I, I go to the Salvation Army. I find myself a dingy, off-white bathrobe. And of course, I had to get something really short. So all the legs show. And I black dress socks, black dress shoes. I got the hat just like Eddie's. And I actually found a Meister Brow can. And I had a cigar. <laughs> and I got myself a long brown tube to function as the, the you know drain tube. That was my prop. And so, and I, I didn't shave for a couple of days before that. So I was looking pretty ratty. And pretty much everybody was coming up and trying to reinforce my bathrobe to make sure that it stayed closed all the time. Mm. And that was so, yes, Cousin Eddie, you know, it's a quality can't Adam Clark. You can't unsee that stuff. Just can't. Oh, uh, you can't right. unsee my legs. I'm telling everybody putting their sunglasses on. I'm not exactly the most tanned person in the world, just so you know. Uh, but anyway, so so let's let's talk about 2023, though. Okay, how do we? How does 2023 go down in the in the books in the history books? I got to tell you guys, I I know we're going to discuss it from many different perspectives, political and societal and cultural, and certainly within the church as well in the body of Christ. But you know what I see 2023 as uh, as a hugely pivotal year in the way that even our day-to-day lives operate. We've watched the whole LGBT rainbow flag thing go on steroids, uh, the transgenderism issue go on steroids where women have had their their trophies taken away from them by men thinking that they're women. How many girls and women have been traumatized by hairy men walking into the bathrooms, locker rooms, and showers? Parental rights, I think, have been seriously eroded in areas like this. And just the level of ungodliness that's being celebrated, then you add to that on the national stage, I think the United States is dramatically weakened and embarrassed in the world stage, especially when you have a weekend at Biden's, Joe Biden being propped up the way that he has been, Uh, Israel being weakened, political corruption. I think we've seen a two-tiered justice system, the government weaponized against Republicans and Trump supporters and uh, weaponized against Donald Trump himself. Uh, So to me, the level of political corruption and cultural corruption and moving us that much closer toward, as Jesus said, it'll be as it was in the days of Lot, as it was in the days of Noah, and what's right is wrong, what's up is down. I just think 2023 has been the the poster child of this. It's been brewing for several years, but it just seems like 2023, so much of this has come to fruition. And for that reason, I just see 2023 as a horrendously bad year, but moving us dramatically closer to the return of Jesus. So that's how I tend to assess 2023 through pretty much a negative lens. Maybe I'm looking at it totally wrong. Let's kind of go around the the table and and see what you guys think. First of all, uh, Neil, your thoughts. How would you assess 2023? Yeah, I not not a year to celebrate by any means. I mean, yeah. there were some good things. Obviously, I'm sure there were some babies born and marriages happened in 2023, and and you know some personal things that people would celebrate. But largely, it was a tremendous year, just uh, highlighting the division and discontent that exists in American society and even within, you know, political circles. Like uh, there, you had the whole Kevin McCarthy 15 times trying to become the Speaker of the House, couldn't get voted in, eventually mm-hmm. did, later gets ousted. Um, the Republicans were in a state of chaos. Mike Johnson's in there now trying to do his best. But, you know, um, it, just from a political point of view, if we're going to just touch on that for a second, uh, to me, I think that the Republicans have failed to capitalize on the chaos that exists in Washington right now, largely because of, you know, Sleepy Joe not really knowing how to run the country right now because he's he's too busy trying to remember what he had for lunch. I mean, right. the, the Democrats are in decline right now. Uh, his poll numbers are shrinking, his, his approval ratings. Um, there's a, a mass exodus of young voters. They're saying, we're not going to support Joe Biden if he runs again. And so the Democrats are freaking out over that are the republicans capitalizing well maybe 2024 is going to be different but it's been a year of division in the republican party and chaos on that side of the aisle so you know looking at at that issue alone i mean there's a lot we could talk about then obviously you have culture and the church and um, the media and the internet and entertainment and what's happening 
you know, um, with regard to the economy and all those things. But I think that the story of the year overall is Israel, uh, what happened with Hamas and what the U.S. does about it. And then, you know, tied closely to that, I don't think most people would make this connection, but illegal immigration. And, and you know, there's another example where the tide's beginning to turn um, on the Democrat side. You've got people saying, look, at maybe we need to take a closer look at immigration, which is probably yeah. a good thing. But how many millions of people have just flooded into the country right now? We don't even know who they I are. Know. And uh, so if you're talking about terrorist activity in the Middle East, well, that's one thing. But what, what what's waiting on our doorstep right now? I don't think anybody really knows. And I think it's right. going to be a rude awakening one of these days. Well, that it is. Hey, Roger, l- let me ask you. I mean, if, if if somebody came, stuck you in a time machine, took you 100 years in the future and was like, hey, do you know what? Tell us what it's 2123. Tell us what 2023 was like. I'm kind of curious how you would describe it, what your takeaway is. And as you get into that, uh, we, we do want to remind people as well, we're coming up on the end of the year and, and there's still time, right, for some people to make some some wise financial decisions for 2023 and set the stage for 2024. Dennis Wilson can help him do that. Well, I was going to say, Dennis is the kind of guy who's been telling us that this was going to be this type of year all year long. But the people who are investing through Wilson Financial Services don't have to worry about that because he's got these alternatives that help you steward your money wisely to make good investments that lower your taxes, if not eliminate them all the way through retirement to provide the income that you need to be good stewards with the money in terms of supporting organizations like Preborn or your favorite ministries that you hear here on all of our NCR stations. And Dennis could do so. And, and it's not like it's some underhanded, you know, uh, Joe and Hunter Biden type of thing. It's all above board. I mean, there are very right. legitimate ways to do this. If you go to the Wilson Financial Advisors banner at CrawfordMediaGroup.net or call 800-696-9970, uh, you can go ahead and, and get the ball rolling with Dennis. And it's not too late, especially Especially, uh, still a couple days left this year to make some uh, some positive adjustments for 2023, guys. I, I'm going to be that ray of sunshine in the middle of all the cloudiness. I mean, all right, it's like, here, here comes get the temptations cute. I got sunshine on a cloudy day. I mean, <laughs> here's the, the 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 whole that I'm looking at. Not disagreeing with anything that you guys have said. It has been a storm. I mean, in terms of the the horrific things that have happened to Christians, have happened to the economy, that happened to our nation, this, that, and the other thing. The one word that I use to define 2023 is clarifying. We have seen so many different people really just show their whole selves for who mm-hmm. they really are, from the Catholic Church and the position on the LGBTQ thing to, uh, you know, who's siding with Israel, who's siding with Hamas, to who, as far as the government goes and the, the double talk. Even the fact that the GOP is basically showing that right now, when it comes to politicians on Capitol Hill, everybody's on the same team. They just wear different uniforms every now and again. It's like roller derby. And when you get right mm. down to it, I mean, championship <laughs> wrestling, it's all scripted. I mean, and they're playing by the same playbook. So for, as a believer, what I'm looking at is saying, this is great because now we're finding out who the tr- true Christians are. Now we're finding out who the true Americans are. Now we're finding out you know, where people really, where their allegiances really lie. And so from that standpoint, I know that these things, I mean, I don't want to be you know, Pollyanna. People have gone through really horrific experiences. I know we have people who listen to the Bottom Line Show in San Diego and Arizona. And their borders are being overrun, Texas. I mean, I, I realize that, that there are horrible things that have been happening. But at the same time, it's been such a clarifying year in terms of saying, hey, God's just saying, look, I'm bringing all this to the surface. I mean, the, the the day of the Lord's return draws nigh, and it's drawing closer and closer every year. I don't know if we're a year away or 10 years away or 20. But for me, that's the, 2023 was a year of clarification. If you had any romantic ideas about how this could work or that could work or this, that, and the other thing, a lot of those balloons got popped this year. And I, for one, am grateful. Mm-hmm. That's good. Point. You know, I... I, I do just want to make sure we're clear, Roger, in dating yourself, did you really use a roller derby reference? I did. Okay. I did. Every Saturday at the Olympic Auditorium in L.A. Is, is, does roller derby still happen today? Uh, probably somewhere, <laughs> but I can't even imagine what it's like. I mean, the L.A. Thunderbirds, baby, I'm telling you what. And you know there are people listening to this podcast right Good now who know. That's right. Oh, yeah. Well, you know what, though? I mean, Neil, to, to Roger's point, though, it, it is true that that there is a positive nature in in clarifying and identifying exactly who people are and what they are and where they stand. And we really have seen that kind of a clarification, certainly in the world of politics, but in our culture and everything else. It's almost as though the enemy has been playing his hand and removing the mask and just 
letting letting people declare, hey, this is who. They're not masking the ungodliness anymore. They're outright wearing it on their sleeves, and so to a certain extent, it could serve to to refine and define the body of Christ because it it puts us in a position where, hey, let's go ahead and sift the body of Christ. Let's sift the church. And I do believe that a sifting is going on right now. And, you know, in in an eternal sense, that is a good thing. Yeah. And how entirely prophetic, right? I mean, this is going to happen. And one day, I think it's Matthew 25, but when Christ returns, he's going to separate the sheep from the goats. I think you're already seeing that happening you know, to a small degree anyway, it's definitely occurring in the sense that people are no longer um, trying to weigh their words. They're just speaking what is on their mind. And, uh, and some of it is horrifying. Like, by the way, I mean, a prime example, just to use one example, uh, the fact that the university presidents uh, amongst Ivy league schools wouldn't stand up and, and denounce anti-Semitism. I mean, like it absolutely, you're seeing this happening on college campuses where people are coming out of the woodwork and and standing up and saying that that Israel must be eradicated you know that from the river to the sea that whole phrase right. th- there could be nothing more anti-semitic than that but you know what is it 70 80 years since uh, I can't do my math here but since World War II and all already we're saying yeah we need to get rid of these Jewish people what mm-hmm. is happening right now I know. so uh, and and there's people going on the record like um, you know entertainers and others siding with Palestine on this kind of thing in such a way that they're saying it isn't just that we're for the Palestinian people, but we we need to do something about Israel. Holy yeah. cow. I mean, that's just one example. They're celebrating Hamas. Out right on, exactly. Yeah. Openly, yeah. Cel- Terrorist, openly celebrating Hamas. terrorism. I know. It, it Beheading is, it babies, is raping women. Yeah, th- these are the and, people and, we need to support. And by the way, can I just say as well, you know, one of the things through 2023 as we kind of recap this week, one of the things I think we do have to be thankful for, though, and I got to say this, there are a lot of you in the audience that have given to preborn and saved a lot of babies' lives. That has happened a lot through this year. And I just want to put out a call right now to those of you listening that maybe you're looking for a nice tax write-off for the end of the year. You know, there's still time. There's just a little bit of time left before the end of the year. Uh, here's what you do. Call preborn right now. And donate something. Save some babies' lives. Stop some abortions. What you're doing is you're paying for ultrasound images, okay? Preborn is the main pro-life group that shows ultrasound images in pro-life centers across the country. And when those moms see a picture of their baby, they choose life almost all the time. They usually end up accepting the Lord, too. $28 is the average cost, the average ultrasound expense to stop one abortion to save one baby's life. So I'm asking everybody in the audience right now to be into one of two categories— Category A, which is most people, is come up with a number of babies' lives that you'll save. Take $28 times fill in the blank, whatever that number is, all right? 10 babies, 50 babies, 100 babies, whatever you can afford. That's your one-time gift to preborn, and 100% of what you give goes to fund ultrasounds. The second category are for those of you that are financially well off. You've been blessed. We need some of you to buy ultrasound machines. They're $15,000 a piece, and you know something? Every single, I mean, your legacy forever is going to be saving thousands and thousands of babies' lives. This is what preborn does. So, uh, what do you say? Fifteen thousand dollars to buy an ultrasound machine, or twenty-eight dollars per baby's life that you saved. Either one of those two categories. Go right now to CrawfordMediaGroup.net. Click on preborn. You can give right there. CrawfordMediaGroup.net. Click on preborn, or just call them eight three three eight five zero baby, and the answer to the phone's twenty four seven eight three three eight five zero baby. We appreciate you doing that. Maybe a nice tax write off for the end of the year as we talk about twenty twenty three. As it comes to a close and the lasting legacy of 2023, so uh, Roger, your thought—you know, Neil's a pastor, but you're a pastor also. Kind of your your thoughts on the state of the church, the the body of Christ. We we both know, all three of us know, that there's been a, a cancer of false teaching that's been spreading through the body of Christ. Growing number of 
denominations are, that are accepting things like pluralism and the whole LGBT agenda. Uh, certainly the Catholic Church, you just had Pope Francis a couple of weeks ago declaring, hey, go ahead and bless same-sex couples. We won't call it a marriage, but we'll bless the couples themselves. And it's like, oh my goodness, what in the world is going on? I want to get your take on the, the sifting to a remnant that I, I do believe has been taking place through 2023. And there's got to be a few of us left Roger, that are willing to stand firm and stand on the authority of God's word and be like an oak tree in a tornado, unwilling to take on the flavor of the world as everybody else turns into Laodicea. Your thoughts? Yeah, yeah well, exactly. I think you nailed it, Bob. I think of the, the the story where Jesus tells the parable of the two sons and the father asks the one, will you you know, go work for me? And he says, I won't, and then does. And the other one says, I will, and then doesn't. And right. uh, you which know, which one has done better? Yeah. Exactly. You know, who, who's mm-hmm. doing the will of my father? Right. And when you think about it, I, I was, I, there's a guy who I, I interviewed a couple of years ago. You probably did too. Uh, he wrote a, a book on it was called a gentle word, and it was the whole focus was a gentle word turns away wrath. And three years ago, he wrote this book and had this big ministry outreach. And I found out that this year he was fired from his church and removed from his denomination because he was a dictatorial tyrant behind the scenes. And I thought to myself, wait a minute, how do you how do you preach a sermon series like this and write a book and mount this whole movement when behind the scenes there's no gentle word for your staff, let alone the uh, your uh, immediate family? But I think it's really coming down to we're now seeing that there are a lot of folks who had presented the image, who have you know talked the talk who weren't really walking the walk and God's saying, look, I'm watching your feet. I'm listening to those footsteps. I want to see your actions more than anything else. The true believers are the ones who are going to stand up in the last days and the ones who are going to be the ones who demonstrate their faith, the ones who are abiding in Christ, he says in John 15, are the ones who do and obey the will of God. So the the, the lip service Christian is, is finding a less place to hang out and the ones who are diligently serving, uh, I think that's the takeaway for me from 2023 is this is the year that we began to see that uh, that, that curtain ripped away and uh, pay no attention to the guy behind the curtain waving his you know arms and running the controls. It's that true, genuine faith that God sees as, hey, this is this is you abiding in me. And that's yeah. that's how I know you. You know my voice and you follow my voice. That's right. And you know what? Things even like the authority of God's word and what scripture says. Scripture has been twisted more and more to fit whatever people's feelings are. You know, 2023 was the year of post-truth, post-truthism, where the Bible, I interpret the Bible according to my feelings, my emotions, my experiences. We do this in areas of doctrine and theology. We look at the surveys that came out to, Really, not that long ago, a little over a year ago, survey coming out, I think we referenced this on a previous podcast, where 35% of senior pastors, I mean, you two, Roger and Neil, you're two, you're both senior pastors, okay? Uh, 35% of senior pastors said, you don't have to accept Jesus to go to heaven. You, If you're a good enough person, you can earn heaven. I mean, mm. my goodness. Now, would a pastor say that from the pulpit? No, because, but an anonymous telephone survey, this is a Pew Research survey, actually from October of 2022, so a little over a year ago, but an anonymous telephone survey, the truth has a funny way of coming out. 35%, well, you know, if you're a good enough person, you can earn your way into heaven. It's like, my goodness. And of course, a few years ago, you had a Pew Research poll of self-described born-again evangelical Christians who was asked this simple question, can non-Christian religions also lead to eternal salvation? 57% said yes. Now, again, your average person's not going to raise their hand and answer that way in the middle of the congregation because they know that that's the wrong answer on paper. But privately, personally, this is what their theology has become. And so to me, we've got a real problem, Neil, in the body of Christ in that we're not being watchmen on the wall anymore. We're losing our saltiness. We're not preserving the word of God. We're conforming to the world around us. And the church has taken on the flavor of the world instead of the other way around. And how do we, What in our last couple of minutes here in this half, Neil, do you have any suggestions about how we we overcome this and we get the body of Christ to actually have a desire to go against the grain of their own feelings and line up with God's word. Well, I just think we need to continue to preach God's word and cling to truth because there's going to be a great falling away, a great deception. 
And, yeah. you know, I mean, let me just add briefly uh, that some of that deception can be within so-called moral circles. What I'm getting at is, you know, people that think that, that we can save the world through politics are wrong, bottom line. Should we uh, protect and preserve? Of course. Should we stand for truth and righteousness? Of course. But we have one Savior, and his name is Jesus. And he was quite exclusive in his claim when he said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, and no one comes unto the Father except through me. So to add anything else to that is, is blasphemy, it's heresy, and it's wrong. And and I think that there will be a ever-increasingly smaller remnant of people that cling to the truth of God's Word and you know hold forth those tenets boldly, courageously. And some will be put to death, I think. I mean, I don't want to be overly dramatic, but that's where we're headed. And, and prophetically speaking, that kind of thing is going to occur. So, I mean, I think we need to be extremely careful that we're not adding anything else to God's Word. And by the way, I, I disagree with you, Bob, on one point. There are pre preachers talking about this stuff from the pulpit and adding in, you know, this whole universalism concept that like, well, you know, Christ died once for all, the just for the unjust, in order that he might bring us to God. Um, so, and by the way, Christ died for Palestinians, and there are Palestinian Christians. There are good Palestinian people uh, who know and love Jesus. Others who may be moral people, they don't want anything to do with terrorism. Okay, but do they know Jesus? And whether right. you're, uh, you know, whether you're a Jew or a Greek, it doesn't matter. The, the bottom line is Christ is the answer. He's the only way, and we can't ever deviate from that fact alone. And you cannot get saved except through him, plain and simple. Amen. So we got to stand on that truth. All right, now the second half of this podcast, we're going to be diving into a preview of 2024 uh, as we continue this. Also, folks, if you haven't given to Preborn yet, would you do that now? Just go to crawfordmediagroup.net, click on Preborn, and you can give right there. Remember, you're paying for ultrasound images for Preborn to show to those expectant moms in pro-life centers all across the country. And when those moms see that first picture of their baby, they almost always choose life. And they usually end up accepting the Lord too. So it's $28 to save one baby's life through abortion, $28 in ultrasound expense. How many babies' lives will you save? What will be your forever legacy? Uh, take $28 times fill in the blank, and whatever that number is that God lays on your heart, that's the one-time gift we're asking you to give to Preborn. And don't forget, 100% of what you give goes to fund ultrasounds, nothing for overhead. And hey, for those of you that maybe own a business or you're doing well financially, we need some of you heavy hitters out there to buy ultrasound machines. They're $15,000 a piece. It's a nice tax write-off for you, and your forever legacy is going to be saving thousands of babies' lives. So same thing, CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on Preborn, and you can also call 833-850-BABY. They answer the phones 24-7, so call right now, 833-850-BABY. Just mention National Crawford Roundtable when you call. You can watch video of our podcast at myhopenow.com. Certainly follow My Hope Now wherever you follow your social media. And the second half coming up next here on the National Crawford Roundtable. This has been a Crawford Media Group production. Continuing the second half of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast with Neil Boron, Neil Boron Live out of Buffalo, New York. Roger Marsh of The Bottom Line from the People's Republic of California. Myself, Bob Duco, The Bob Duco Show out of Detroit. We look forward to having John Rush with us uh, back next uh, next week, next year, as we kind of wind down 2023. So guys, let's talk about 2024 then. What to what to expect going forward in this year. What And I suppose a good place to start probably is the political realm because let's face it, you're going to have you're going to have uh, three or four trials going on for Donald Trump. He's going to have to jump from one trial to the next. Uh, I think this is a sham. I think this is a real shame. I do not believe that these are legitimate trials. These are not legitimate charges. If anybody wants to challenge me on that, I'll be happy to debate that issue. I think a case can be made that these are, pardon the pun, trumped up charges. Uh, and this is the Biden administration and some Democrat DAs going after their political opponent, trying to manufacture some kind of crimes that he supposedly committed. I just believe it's nonsense, but it is happening. Now, Neil, to something you said in the last half, uh, for people who believe that politics, that you can be saved by politics or whatever, I agree with you. Anybody who thinks that is absolutely absurd. Politics has become their God. But I will say this. Uh, I don't think it should in any way diminish the political fight 
that we need to have. We need to be fighting for what's right and true in the realm of politics. And, and I would say, if somebody said to me 150 years ago, we'll say, if, if we're fighting on behalf of the abolition movement and fighting against slavery, you know, if, if somebody said, well, you know, you can't be saved through politics, it's, it's Jesus Christ alone, I'm going to be like, hey, I agree, but let's walk and chew gum at the same time. Same thing if if during the 1960s and Jim Crow laws and such, I'm going to fight against those. Uh, that doesn't mean that I'm believing that we can be saved by politics. No, first and foremost, Jesus Christ, but I'm going to fight those things too. And in the same way today, uh, I, I look at this, and uh, Roger, maybe I'll start with you. No, let me start with you, Neil, because I'm, I'm referencing you. I look at this today as like, hey, I don't believe for a second that politics can save us. Of course not. It's the shed blood of Jesus Christ. But we can walk and chew gum at the same time, and I think that we must, must, must fight against this evil agenda of today's Democratic Party, this gender-confusing children with drag queens, pushing abortion on steroids, uh, pushing for a censoring and silencing of, of God in the public square. I believe that these policies of the Democratic Party are evil. And frankly, I'm calling on Christians at 25 to 30% of Christians who continue to vote Democrat, I'm calling on them to stop doing it because we should not be giving today's Democratic Party more power. And that's what I see this 25 to 30% of Christians doing. I think it's very unhealthy. It doesn't doesn't mean I believe we're saved by this in any by any stretch, but but we got to fight against this just like Christians fought against Jim Crow and Christians fought against slavery. At least the ones who did, they were right to do so. Well, and some would argue, and I'm not trying to make a big deal out of this, but some would argue that Christians were supporting Jim Crow, you know, in certain circles. Some of them were, so, and they were wrong. Yeah. Just like 25 to 30 percent of Christians support today's right. Democratic Party, and I would say they're wrong. Okay. And, you know, calling on evangelicals to stand up and do what's right, 100%. I'm with you on that. Bob, what I'm getting at is, you know, walking and chewing gum. That's not happening. How many people watch, you know, Tucker Carlson? They binge watch Tucker Carlson instead of opening their Bible and reading it. And have, have we really balanced political involvement with disciple making? Does anyone even make disciples anymore? When's the last time, you know, let me just ask the listener today. When's the last time you led somebody to Jesus? And I'm not saying this uh, legalistically. I'm just asking you a question. You know, are we reading our Bible as much as we're reading, uh, you know, our favorite publication or checking out, you know, our favorite, you know, uh, political pundit online? Uh, Where's our allegiance right now? And how much time, I mean, look at the poll numbers about how many people are going to church anymore. How many people are memorizing scripture? How many people are reading the Bible consistently? So that's what I'm getting at. Yeah, it would be nice if we were walking and chewing gum and that this thing was kept in balance, but going into all the world to preach the gospel isn't so much happening anymore, and that's where I'm saying the church has gone wrong. And by the way, you know, I, I, when, when uh, we were asked to put together a, um, you know, some kind of a, a paper for the owner of the company, Don Crawford, you know, talking about the upcoming elections and, and whatever, mm-hmm. one of the things I, I focused on was like 80 years ago, if everybody had just led one person to Jesus, and every 20 years, each of those people led someone to Jesus, of course, you'd have attrition and die off, but other people were leading other people to Jesus, we'd have like 60 million more evangelicals in the United States right now. As opposed to if we just say, well, you know, we're going to hope that our political party wins and that, you know, that people make moral decisions and that the world gets better. The world isn't getting better. Jesus has always been the answer. I'm always going to stick with that. And to the exclusion of politics, no. I mean, we need to go to the school board meetings. We need to stand up against the LGBTQ agenda and speak what's right. But the only way to see hearts transformed and lives transformed is through the power of Jesus Christ. And that's where I'm saying people are not walking and chewing gum at the same time. Well, then let's encourage them to do it. Uh, I just, I don't want them to stop chewing gum. All right, walk with the Lord, but keep on chewing gum as well. And the, the chewing gum, we'll say, is the is the political activism. I think we need to be doing that and fighting those culture wars as well, as long as we don't let that become our first passion, because then suddenly we're practicing idolatry, and that would be wrong. Even if it's for a good cause horizontally, it can still be idolatry. Um, Roger, as we talk about politics in 2024, though, 
it, it does seem to me, and I know that there's a lot of Christians, and especially pastors who are a little uncomfortable about the idea of let's talk Republican versus Democrat, because pastors don't want to be perceived as, hey, I'm all about Republicanism, because then it looks like, oh, well, your first passion is politics and not the gospel. You know, And so uh, that's why I think some pastors are leery to say, stop voting Democrat if you're a Christian. I'm not a pastor. I'm a blowhard talk show host, so I can I can get away with saying stuff like that. But I got to tell you, Roger, it is troubling to me when I see the state of today's Democratic Party that a fourth to a third of Christians continue to vote Democrat and put them in power. When I see the evil that they are promoting, I I know I, if John were with us this week, he'd be having my back way more. <laughs> but yeah. uh, but I am curious to get your take on this. But, but if you would, before you share that, though, we want to remind everybody we're coming up on the end of the year, and we re- this is a chance to really make sure people get their financial houses in order in their own homes. And I know Will. And financial will help them do that. Yeah, don't wait for to see the outcome of the election in November and find right. out that you know this. Oh, good. Now we have a you know better government here. I mean, the Biden policies are disastrous. The market has dropped about twenty percent per year for the past couple of years, and now they're controlling inflation to the point where they're. Oh, did you hear that the Fed announced three rate cuts are coming in twenty twenty four, just in time for all the mm. primaries? I mean, they think they could put the finger yeah. on the scale and control what your money does. Dennis Wilson finds alternatives. They, the, everything, whether it's a, if you got a, just money in a simple certificate of deposit, he has a CD alternative that can do four times as much different attributes of uh, long-term care and life insurance benefits that are better than you'd get and a guarantee that you're not going to lose any money. You want a real estate investment trust? Dennis has REITs that actually invest in American property. I mean, a lot of real estate investment trusts won't tell you these are foreign investments. You're going to get a return for one year and then you're stuck in it for 15 without making any money. His programs are way better. They're way better for the country. They're way better for your faith. And they're good for stewardship too. 800-696-9970 or just click on the banner for Wilson Financial Advisors at CrawfordMediaGroup.net. I'm looking forward. You know, I, I see what, what's what's coming down the pipe. And I, I see that we, we're coming into an election year. And what, what can we expect? More of the same. I'm not sure, Bob, if, if I am as concerned about the 30% of the registered or the Christians who vote Democrat as I am about 25 million Christians who just don't vote. I mean, I, it's kind of a, you know, lesser of two evils, but they're both wrong. I say I shame know. on both of them. I yeah, say shame I, on I, both I, of them. I don't know how you support the modern Democrat Party. As a matter of fact, when Joe Manchin announced that he was not going to run for re-election in the Senate and people started kicking him around as a candidate for president, I thought, now here could be a guy who could really wake a lot of Christians up because he is a pro-life guy usually. Uh, he's kind mm-hmm. of more of a moderate. He's kind of a classic liberal as opposed to the progressives that are all running the party now. And you look at that guy and say, well, maybe he's going to get out of it and take the D off of his association to his affiliation. I mean, maybe he would. Maybe there's some common sense element that's finally coming out of there. But until that happens, when you look at party platforms right now, you've got one that's good. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's better than the other. And then the other one is just so horribly wrong. I don't know how anybody could. But the, I think the solution is not to vote wrongly, but it's also not to not vote if that makes right. any sense. I mean, yeah. there's Jason Yates at My Faith Votes tells us there's 25 to 30 million Christians who just won't cast a vote and they'll think they're doing the right, good and godly thing. Render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's. And one of those things is if you're a citizen, if you're eligible to vote, you should be registered to vote. If you're registered to vote, you should vote. Full stop. That's right. I will stop that. That's I'm, I'm putting my flag on that one. And sure. you know what? To, to add to what you're saying there, Roger, Here's what people need. Those who say, well, I'm going to do the noble thing and just not vote at all, okay, because I'm voting for the lesser of evils. That is mathematically a vote for the greater of the evils, because if you're ideologically pro-life and conservative, and if that's where you are ideologically, so if you voted, you would vote the Republican instead of the Democrat, but you're not going to vote. That means that you are not presenting a vote to offset your neighbor's Democrat vote, okay? That becomes mathematically a vote for the greater of the evil. So here's what people need to realize, okay? And this is this is very binary. Uh, if you look at this logically, there is no such thing as avoiding benefiting one party or another. You do not have that option, okay? If you don't vote, you have provided mathematically one extra vote for the Democrat side. So if you see the Republicans or you see Trump as the lesser of the two evils, By not voting, you are giving one vote mathematically to the greater of two evils. Are you comfortable with that? I would say don't be, it seems to me. But, Neil, I'd love to get your take on that. Well, you know, it's – 
I was never great in math in school, just to be clear. <laughs> it was not my cup of tea. But there's a scriptural principle that goes with it as well, and that is uh, whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, to him it is sin, James 4, 17. Mm -hmm. There's mm -hmm. a sin issue involved in that. Uh, you know, to just turn a, a blind eye and say, oh, Lord, you know, we didn't really know what was going on. Yeah, they were dragging away children to slaughter, but, uh, you know, we didn't we didn't really pay attention or we didn't know what was going on. God's going to hold us accountable. He talks about that in the Old Testament. You got James 4, 17 in the New Testament saying, do the right thing. And how do we know what the right thing to do is? Well, walk by the Spirit and we will not carry out the desires of the flesh. You know, um, Listen to the voice of God who says, this is the way, walk in it. I mean, the, the bottom line is we have been invited into a personal relationship with Almighty God who has the ability to speak truth into our lives from his word and confirm it through the leading of the Holy Spirit on a regular basis. So when it comes to questions about, you know, should I stand up against what they're doing at, at our public school right now, what our kids are being exposed to? You know, is there a way to do this that would bring glory and honor to God, but not compromise my values? Of course, God has a word for that. And, and he's encouraging us to, to get in the game, to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. We don't earn our salvation by working, but we got to work it out with, with fear and trembling. And I think that it means um, determining to stand by the truths of God's word, no matter what it costs us in the public square. And I, I would advise all Christians to get busy and get in the game and live as Christ would have us live. Otherwise, we're in sin. How can I be victorious, though, Neil? I'm going to ask a pushback question. If I'm living with fear and trembling, I mean, I, I, I want victory. I want victory over my debt and over my health. I'm being a little sarcastic here. But I mean, <laughs> I, the, the concept of the fear and trembling part seems to be lost on a lot of Christians. The idea that we have some kind of holy reverence for God. I mean, Lisa and I visited a church recently, friends of ours, new neighbors. I had come to our church. We went to the church. And they had the stage and the screen and there was a cross off the corner and lisa said it's like jesus is sitting there with his head you know face palming going jeez i'm stuck in the corner i mean wh where where is the reverence where where are the altars where are the hymns of adoration where are the confessions i mean for i mean i realize i'm t taking my my lutheran side is showing right now but i think Quite frankly, that easy believism thing has gotten a lot of people convinced that if you vote Republican and pay your taxes on time and live a good life, you're done. You're saved because Jesus washed away all the sin in the world with the rainwater of the blood of his uh, sacrifice from the cross. Instead of saying, wait, this is for you. I mean, this is literally, those are the two most important parts of the confession, I think. Jesus died for you. Jesus' blood shed for you. So you receive that, and you make that declaration of faith, and you walk in that newness of life. And if we don't see more people walking that way in 2024, then we'll know, okay, it's a smaller remnant, and here's who we are. But the idea that we can kind of play this populist, populist game, I think... 23 was the year that we saw that go away, finally. And, and now it's, it's kind of, we're, we're going to find out who the real Christians are, who the real church is. And I, and I for one, I'm, I'm excited. I can't wait to see that happen, whether it's yeah. in the, at the polls, like Bob, to your point, you're going to see who the people who are Christian in name only are. Um, Nancy Piercy wrote that great book last year on the toxic, uh, the, the whole uh, toxic masculinity myth and cited a lot of um, empirical data going back to the 1850s with regard to masculinity in the culture. And one of the right. biggest issues that they found, Brad Wilcox did this study about the best marriages and the happiest marriages, the most successful ones, were the ones where not only was dad a professing Christian, but he actually lived it out. And the worst marriages in America where dad was a professing Christian, but it was a nominal faith and yeah. didn't live it out. I mean, and then that's even more dangerous than someone who's secular and doesn't even go to church. So I yeah. think that as it's really important to weed out. And if you're looking, you know, the, the, the harvest is ripe, you know, the workers are few. The harvest for most of us, quite frankly, is in our own churches for crying out loud. I mean, this is where the gospel yeah, really needs is to true. be proclaimed. That, that is true. That's a very good point. As we continue this discussion, uh, we do want to remind everybody, when you listen to this podcast, uh, we want you to be to take action to stop abortions. We want you to save babies' lives. We want you to give to preborn if you haven't done that yet. For those of you that have, uh, thank you. What a blessing it is to know your forever legacy as you saved X number of babies' lives through preborn. But for the rest of you, we're coming up on the end of the year. If you haven't given yet, would you give a one-time gift right now to preborn to stop abortions? Here's how it works. Uh, you're paying for ultrasound images. Preborn is the main pro-life group that shows ultrasound images in pro-life centers all across the country. And those moms choose life when they see a picture of their baby, and they usually end up accepting the Lord, too. $28 is the average ultrasound expense to save one baby's life, to stop one abortion. So pray about a number. Take $28 times fill in the blank. 
Whatever that number is, that's your forever legacy, your one-time gift to preborn of the amount of babies' lives that you save. Okay, so here's how you give. Go online to crawfordmediagroup.net, click on preborn. Crawfordmediagroup.net, click on preborn. You can give right there. And 100% of what you give goes to fund ultrasounds. Nothing for overhead. Now, if you want to give over the phone, call right now, 833-850-BABY. 833-850-BABY. Just mention National Crawford Roundtable when you call. $28 times fill in the blank. What is that number for you? And hey, if you can buy an ultrasound machine for $15,000, we need some of you to do that too. But for the rest of everybody else, $28 times fill in the blank. Crawfordmediagroup.net. Click on Preborn. As we continue talking about 2024 and what's coming up, in the future. So guys, there is a political elephant in the room through 2024. These are the trials of Donald Trump, the, the weaponizing of the government through the Biden administration and through some Democrat DAs against their political opponents. And it, it does seem to me, Neil, that politically this is what's happening because if you look at every single one of these indictments against Donald Trump, every single one of these are pretty much the equivalency of somebody getting caught speeding at, for a few miles over and trying to be thrown in prison for the rest of their lives as a result of it. And really, I'm not even sure that it's even speeding because everything that Donald Trump did is perfectly normal in any other universe. The New York case, the original New York case, this is about a bookkeeping ledger dispute uh, in that Stormy Daniels case. Sleazy? Yes. There's nothing illegal uh, uh, about this. He didn't, you know, defraud banks or anything like that. The banks don't themselves say that they were defrauded. He didn't, uh, the, the trial he's on right now, inflating his value. January 6th, it's like, what are you kidding me? He didn't incite an insurrection. He didn't even incite the people to storm the Capitol. He said, as you peacefully and patriotically go. You know, the classified documents case? What are you kidding me? He has the Presidential Records Act. The president has the, quote, sole authority to take with him whatever documents they want to. Joe Biden has 1,800 boxes with classified documents in them, including his garage floor. He's not in any trouble for that, but Donald Trump's facing the rest of his life in prison for this. And then, of course, the Georgia sham election of trying to, quote, overturn the election. Everybody that loses an election fights and does the very same stuff that Trump did in Georgia. Alan Dershowitz admitted that's the same thing we did with Al Gore when I was his attorney in 2000. Should we be indicted now? That's what Alan Dershowitz, Democrat, said. So I just I think these are sham indictments. That's my rant on that. But Neil, I am curious. How do you think this is going to play out? How might this affect the 2024 election? And does it does it help or hurt Donald Trump and his chances? Do you think? Yeah. Let me let me say let me back up just a little bit. Didn't Hillary also question the results of the 2016 election? Oh, I mean, large. And she, manufa <laughs> she like manufactured a bogus, she used a foreign adversary to manufacture this, this bogus, uh, this bogus claim of Russia collusion and actually paid millions of dollars in campaign finance money for Russian disinformation. Uh, she actually really did that in real life and she didn't get in trouble for it. Well, you know, going back to your question you asked just a moment ago, I don't know. I'm not prophetic. I can't see exactly how it's going to affect the election, but I don't think it's going to have much of an impact at all. I, other than I think uh, the Democrats are going to be scrambling to do anything else in their power to keep Trump out of the White House. Uh, right now, Biden's poll numbers are sinking uh, lower than they've ever been before. And I don't know if they're going to look for some kind of a replacement down the road. We talked about the Gavin Newsom theory that, you know, at some point, but, but they're running out of time on that to even get his name on the ballot. Uh, Roger would know more about that. But, um, you know, the bottom line is, uh, I don't think anything's going to stop the Trump train. And whether people listening right now are happy to hear that or not, Donald Trump will be running in the next election. What kind of machinery is going to be used to keep that from happening, though? And, and you know, I think, People ought to be doubly vigilant, triply vigilant, is that even a word, on uh, mm. election fraud and everything that we learned from you know the previous election. But the bottom line is, I think that if Donald Trump somehow were to win, even 
under indictment and maybe convicted of a crime. I mean, can you imagine that day in America? But if Donald Trump were to win again, you're going to see rioting in the streets uh, and maybe civil war. I mean, I don't want to go off the rails on this, but no one on the left, no progressives, no conserv- uh, no liberals want to see conservative Donald Trump elected again. And it would be unconscionable in their minds for that kind of thing to happen. So I think we're we're in for really interesting days ahead if he were to win in 2020. Could that could that be Roger? And Roger, we only got about 60 seconds left. But in our last 60 seconds, uh, it actually is a possibility that Donald Trump could be found guilty in one of these sham trials, put in prison, and actually have to be let out of prison to go into the White House to then pardon himself. Yeah, I know that it, it's it's is that not surreal. No, I mean, it, it, <laughs> and it, I would what, support that. By the way. Up. Well, all I can think of is I'll quote the uh, the great Christian man of faith, uh, Vin Scully, who said, "In the year of the (laughs) probable, the impossible has happened." I mean, it it could possibly happen, but I mean, this is this is where we are as believers. We have to be engaged. We have to be watchful. We have to be mindful. Mm -hmm. We have to vote as if everything depends on us, but pray as if everything depends on God. I guess. I mean, that's there's really no other way around the situation that we're facing right now. Uh, Pass the popcorn, guys. It's going to be a wild ride. Yeah, well, that it is. And as we kind of wind down this 2023, uh, we appreciate you folks supporting our sponsors. We appreciate you supporting Wilson Financial. Uh, we appreciate you supporting Preborn. If you haven't given to Preborn yet, this is your this is your chance to do it before you get to the end of the year. Maybe as a tax write off for you. Go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net. Click on preborn. CrawfordMediaGroup.net. Click on preborn. Uh, remember, it's a hundred percent of what you give goes to fund ultrasounds. Not a penny for overhead, and it's twenty-eight dollars to save one baby's life. Twenty-eight dollars is the average cost for ultrasounds to stop one abortion. So, how many ultrasound images will you pay for? Take twenty-eight dollars times fill in the blank, whatever that number is. That's your forever legacy of the amount of abortions that you and your family stopped. Okay, and if you can afford to buy an ultrasound machine, we need some of you to do that. They're fifteen thousand dollars a piece. It's a nice tax write-off for you at the end of the year, and your forever legacy will be thousands and thousands of babies' lives that you saved. Portions that you stopped. So, but for everybody else, $28 times fill in the blank, some number, pray about a number, CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on preborn. And you can also call 833 850 BABY, 833 850 BABY, and talk to a real live person 24 7. So, we always appreciate you folks uh, listening to us. You can watch video of our podcast at myhopenow.com and certainly follow My Hope Now wherever you follow your social media. And Neil Boron, Neil Boron Live out of Buffalo, New York. Roger Marsh of the bottom line from the People's Republic of sunny California this mm-hmm. Christmas and New Year time. Uh, John Rush, Rush Reese in Denver, Colorado. Look forward to having John back with us next week, next year. Myself, Bob Duco out of Detroit. Guys, always great catching up with you. Thanks a lot. Have a great New Year's, and we look forward to talking to you in 2024. Looking forward to it. Happy New Year, Bob. Happy New Year. Thanks for listening, everybody. Happy New Year to you. God bless. You've been listening to the National Crawford Roundtable podcast, a view of today's culture through a biblical lens, brought to you by Preborn, saving babies and souls. Join us in the fight to save babies from abortion. Your gift provides a free ultrasound for a mother in need. 80% of the time, she will choose life. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on their logo to donate. And Wilson Financial Advisors, over 50 years of financial expertise and success, helping you build confidence in your financial future. Visit CrawfordMedia.net and click on their logo for more information. You can download this podcast from Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more from your local Crawford Media Group station or at CrawfordMediaGroup.net. And you can watch video of the podcast at myhopenow.com. Be sure to follow My Hope Now wherever you follow social media. And please give this podcast a five-star rating on your Apple app. Look for the notification on your app for when the next weekly edition of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast is ready for you to download. This is a Crawford Media Group production.